Hey everybody, welcome to Dental Voice with Zyrus. My name is Rolando Mia and today we have a very special guest. I want to introduce you to Sheena Hinson. Now, we met a little bit ago and she is an incredibly inspiring person. And what we want to do today is kind of dive into her story and then also have her share all the things that she's done to get here. First of all, Sheena, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate the time you're taking with us. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to spend some more time with you guys. Well, the fact that you're willing to spend time is is bonus enough. So <laughs> that was so not wait. forced. Not forced. No one's holding me. I'm not being held hostage. <laughs> so, first of all, I love the premise behind what you're doing, and uh, uh, we'll get into all the things that Sheena is doing and what she's built and the company that she's driving and the experiences she's had. But <clears throat> the thing that we want to dive into is how she got here. So many people aspire to do things. So many people have dreams of doing things. She's actually doing those. And that's what I want to understand. So, so Sheena, uh, tell us a little, just a little bit about you. And then also uh, what I want to understand is what you've been through to get to here. So how are you? I am wonderful. You know, living the dream. Um, you know, I've, you know, come a long way over the years and it's not been easy. You know, I started boots on the ground and found problems that I needed to solve and didn't think I could. And, you know, one thing led to another now, and here we are. You started your career as a, as a dental hygienist. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So I think about 15 years ago, clinically. 15. Yeah. yeah I know that's it's hard. I like, what was that? 12. Yeah. <laughs> so, 15 years ago, you started as a res so what was that like? What, I mean, dental hygiene school is easy, right? Um, yeah, for no. <laughs> um, but no, it was, you know, starting out was difficult. Whenever I was in hygiene school, we still had paper charts and we had one digital x-ray sensor that I think we used maybe twice in hygiene school. Um, the, the ultrasonic scalers, it was like you had three checkoffs and uh, that was it. So then you get out to private practice, having to figure out how to use a digital sensor. And, you know, it was good, though, because, you know, we kind of learned it both ways. So you have a different appreciation for the technology. Um, and, and that served me well over the years, having to kind of troubleshoot through figuring out like how to implement those things to your side. Now, you mentioned that you cried a lot. Is that true? You cried a lot in, in dental hygiene. What do you mean you cried a lot? I thought this was supposed to be awesome. What's that all about? Uh, I don't know if, if there are any hygienists that didn't cry when they were in hygiene school. Can I please meet with you? Because I would love to have you. <laughs> um, I, yes, there were tears. There were tears in hygiene school. And um, I don't know any hygienists that didn't have those. It was challenging. Character building in a lot of ways. Now, you got out of dental hygiene school and you entered into private practice. There are no tears in private practice. Is that right? Oh, well, <laughs> uh, that's a lie. Um, no, there are. There are um, different types. <clears throat> right? That's a lie. But it's the good <clears throat> challenges, you know, the ones that you can walk away from if you want to. But, you know, it's just kind of a mindset. You're like, no, am I going to let someone tell me something's impossible? And am I going to cry about it or am I going to like dry those tears, suck it up and figure it out. And, you know, oh, there. That kind of determines. dry those tears, suck it up and figure it out. So, Sheena, help me understand in dentistry, there's this 
context between dental hygienists, dentists, and I'm going to call it friction. And how do you not get sucked into that and get drawn to the dark side and, and kind of get through that, which seems like you did? I did. I think it's a very complex um, question, but the answer is really simple. It's communication and really understanding where the other person's coming from. That was my experience. You know, whenever, you know, I hear a doctor talking about, you know, running a business and profitability, and I didn't understand that. So I'm like, well, I want to know why and how I can fix it. So I figured it out and I learned that. And, and I think that that communication and that clarity is really the foundation of it. And that's what made the biggest difference for me. So wait a minute. I want to let's let's dive into this communication. <clears throat> we hear effective communication is the key to a thriving practice. But what does that mean when you say effective communication? It sounds like, well, I'm curious from your perspective, what does that mean? I think it's the foundation of all the communication is not with the patient. It's mm. with the doctors to the team with the team to the rest of the team and not just communication when, when it's conflict resolution, but kind of more proactive, intuitive communication. Like the more we can do that and invest in that time for that, we can kind of deal with things while it's a little spark instead of waiting until there's like a forest fire. And how, I, please, how do we do that? You, you just have to do it consistently. You have to decide like, okay, I'm going to figure out what's going on. I'm going to make sure, like if I were talking to you, Ro, Ro, how do you measure my success? Help me learn that. And then, you know, hold me accountable to it. But I need to know how that excellence is measured. And that constant communication is how you make sure everyone's in sync. And that was me because I'm like, am I failing? Am I passing? Am I doing well? And just that need to know if I was getting it. So it's that consistency, I think, is is really the, the most important part, like planned communication instead of waiting until you're like, oh, this is working or, oh, this is not working. Are you waiting till you're sitting in the corner sucking on your thumb saying, I'll be OK, I'll be OK. Well, wait, how do you know? Because we hear so often that people get so mired in this perception that they can't ask the question or, oh, I'm not allowed to do this or, well, that's a doctor and I'm not, I'm being told that consistently. How do you get, how do you pull yourself out of that so that you do, or how did you recognize that it's about that? Was it a mentor? Was it, I mean, what was that epiphany with you? I've had so many mentors, but one of the, it's actually a phrase I learned from a friend um, who I think learned it from a therapist, but it was assume goodwill. You know, whenever Brene someone Brown. talks in a certain way, whenever someone, you know, says something that I'm like, really? Like, is that how they meant to say that to me? I always, unless they are very clear about it, assume that they meant it in a better way than it sounded. And when I go into that conversation, assuming that they've got good intentions, really listening to what they're trying to say instead of how they're saying it, that kind of separates the facts from the feelings. So I think taking the emotions out of it really is a differentiator. So just kind of going like, you know what, they're saying this, you know, let me do some self-reflection. Is this something that, that I can fix? Do I have control of it? Can I solve the problem? And if I can't, I need to communicate that I need this resource or that resource to be able to do it. Wow. I mean, it, it seems upfront straightforward but 
it does, you know, it sounds as simple, it's as simplest and complex as that. We all have been through a lot of stuff. And uh, how do you not let that kind of find its way into the way you're interacting? And I mean, you know, you, um, you, you mentioned you've been through a lot, right? Yes. And it's probably a trauma response in the grand scheme of things, but I'll spare everyone the details. But you know, you just kind of read the room and do onto. Wait, wait, trauma response? What are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> Being an intuitive communicator, you know, you want to make sure everyone is taken care of. Everybody's happy. Everybody is really not taking things the wrong way. And, and I think that that's vital, like that authenticity and genuinely wanting other people to win. And I think if everybody collaboratively is doing that, then we're rowing in the same direction. Um, but I'm probably a little hyper intuitive about that, but it's also intentional. Um, and I think that you have to just make the decision to do it that way. Like, am I trying to understand what they're saying? See, that it sounds it sounds so simple, but there's so many people who get stuck. What advice would you give people who are sitting there? Because like anything, doing the taking the first move, doing the making the first effort is probably the most difficult. But once it gets going, it comes easier. How do you overcome that? I'm gonna call it fear, because a lot of a lot of people operate in fear that either they're not doing it right or they might upset somebody or well i've been told i don't want to go against the you know whatever how do you how do you get over that first hump what's what's the what's the catalyst for that don't worry about perfection just do everything a little bit better than you did it today you know it's there's a great book um that i love atomic habits you know when atomic we do habits. things yes by james clear it's one of my favorites um, but really, it can translate to anything that you do. And my goal every morning when I wake up is let me be a little bit better than I was yesterday, not let me wake up and become a superstar or let me wake up and go solve the world's problems. But let me wake up. Let me be a better Sheena, both internally and externally than I was the day before. So when it comes to actionable steps for someone else, that's where it starts. If if you're struggling with communication, start with a question. You know what? It doesn't have to be a negative thing. Like what's going well? You know, what's what are some things that throw chaos into your day? And if you genuinely listen, the rest just organically comes in. So just be a little better, like give give some examples in addition to that, that can get people because <clears throat> it's easy to get stuck. A lot of people, we all get stuck. And then the next, you know, it's eight years later and you haven't moved. What, what would you, what are some, give us a couple more examples of how to do that. Cause you moved from crying in, in dental hygiene school to entering into private practice, realizing, holy cow, this is, we're no longer in Kansas over here, Toto. And then now you, you, you start your own business. You've written a book, you're getting up on stage and talking. Did you ever think you were going to be doing that? I did not. Well, you know, I was a pageant kid, so maybe, maybe a pageant kid. <laughs> Shocker, right? <laughs> um, but wait, looking like that? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> and I had no front teeth for like age two until they came in. So fun facts. I still don't have front teeth, but anyway. So go ahead, keep going. I'm I'm really uh, curious about this. So, what was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> you you sidetracked me with the pageant talk. 
No, you get stuck. People get stuck, right? And then all of a sudden they discover years later, they're still stuck in that. How do you get past that? I mean, you've started a business, you've, you, you're, you're getting up on stage, you, you've written a book, you're, you're actively helping people. How do you get there? Because it seems so far away from that person who entered into dental practice and said, holy cow, this is very different. That's it. The, the biggest thing is don't, you know, when we set goals, whether it's a personal goal or a practice goal, we think, you know, the sky's the limit. We've got to dream big. And if I don't have a big enough goal, I'm not going to achieve it, which there are goals like that. Those are what I call stretch goals. And then you have smart goals, like just kind of, you know, three to 5% better. So like in a practice, okay, like I want to increase production or, you know, something clinical, put a number on it. You know, if I'm doing five of something this week, let me do seven of it next. Start small. Don't be afraid. Not 20. I'm doing five. I'm going to do 20. Right. Right. Because then what does that do? It kills confidence. It works against leadership in a team 100%. And then if all of a sudden we're like, go big or go home with these goals and we're going to start looking at numbers and, you know, we are very, I think as an industry, especially in hygiene, we're very like numbers averse, right? Like I'm a healthcare provider. I don't need to measure stuff. Right. And I mean, I've been there even as a hygienist, but as I've learned and realized that I don't own the market on great ideas, I figured out like, oh, there's a method to this. I need certain instruments to provide a high standard of care. I need, you know, an air polisher. I need, you know, extra implant drivers, whatever that may be. And to do that so I can give that high standard of care to grow as a business so that my role, my teammates roles, those can be elevated we have to grow as a business. And those numbers are just the constant. It's not that numbers and money are the most important thing. That's just our facts over feelings. That's the consistent thing that we can follow. So I think that that's where there's a lot of really, again, miscommunication in business and especially in the dental space, because when we try to rally everyone boots on the ground, it's easy for them to not always assume goodwill, right? And yes, we put in incentives and and we do this and those things, I've seen them work amazing. But the key is they need to understand why. Why do we use the numbers to measure that? Do they know that the numbers aren't the most important thing? Do they know that you want them to be successful in the business and outside the business? Because I've got a big newsflash. If they're successful outside of the practice, the practice, the business, the company, they're going to benefit I heard a speaker recently say something about, um, you know, if you've got a dental assistant that's say they love Dave Ramsey and they're living, living their best, like budgeting life, you know what? Give them an opportunity in procurement, incent them maybe on the savings, but that's something that gives them a spark of joy. So they're growing and in turn, the business is going to benefit. So there are pathways beyond, I think, what we realize as an industry. So look for those just one little thing at a time. So I, I love the context around that. And you bring in something that I'm very curious about. You reference business aspects in a dental practice. We hear often that, you know, there is a lack of or people aspire to understand those, but they don't because it's hard to get. How did you get that? Or where would you where would you tell people 
to find that kind of information because there's this big debate in with with practice owners do i share my numbers with people or not and they go both ways how do how do you what advice would you give people to kind of enter into that because that seems to be a very sensitive area also the perception around it is that's not my field and you said no i'm stepping right into it how how, how do you help people get into that so number one is mentorship my mentors have changed my life like so many you know of the very challenging i've you know had leaders that you know they were hardcore but i learned the most and again if you go in assuming goodwill they want me to be better than i was yesterday and you're there to learn you're there to be coachable and you genuinely want to just move forward you figure it out you figure out from mentors read reading books is life-changing and i've got a lot of favorites so if anybody wants my um top picks i'm happy to share but it doesn't need to be a dental book it doesn't need to be a business book necessarily any of that's translatable but when you were talking about the metrics you know i'm from the carolinas shocker with this accent nascar (laughs) is a big thing so i want you to think about this if you're like in the nascar you're going around the track like turn two in charlotte and let's say we're coming up on the finish line and you and I are racing like side, side by side. Uh, my family were Dell and her like fans, of course. But um, let's say we're racing and we're like, we know the track is finishing, but we don't know where the finish line is. What does that do for us as drivers? We're like, hmm. what the heck's going on? Like, I don't know where the finish line is. Like, am I just going to continue in this big circle? And everybody's like, oh, keep going, keep going. You're going to win. It, there would be a little uncertainty there, right? And I think same thing with our teams. They need to know what success looks like. They need clarity on how that's measured. You know, don't just wait and do a yearly review. And then you're like, oh, you know, grading them and asking them what they want to get better at. And the same conversation that they know is going to impact whether or not they get a raise. That needs to be separate. We need to coach our teams. You know, yes, there are yearly reviews. There's time to to talk about like how we reward their excellence, but that needs to be separated. And those numbers in the business side of, of a practice, of a, you know, a group, a DSO, that not transparency, but visibility is crucial. That's where the finish line is. And you know what? When they run that race and they get to where they're just leaping over that finish line, then we take it just a little bit farther. We don't say, oh, yeah, we did this. Now we're going to up it by 20 percent because that works against us. Right. You've got to make it achievable. And and one of my leaders taught me that. And oh, I hated it at the time. Oh, I hated it. But it's really impacted me in a way I can't describe. Um, but yeah, I think the bottom line, when it comes to those conversations, visibility is a lot different than transparency, just because you're, you're showing them where they're at, where the office is at. There are a lot of great benchmarks. I'll spare all those details right now, but that doesn't mean they see what you're depositing in your checking account. There's a balance there. So again, visibility, not transparency. Oh, I love that. So when when we were talking earlier, you shared with me, and not, not to get into the details, you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot personally. And based on what you shared, to a lot of people, that would have stopped them from getting here. It didn't stop you. Why? How did that happen? 
Because I have something in me that just strives for just constantly improving. And, you know, I think with with stress, whether it be, you know, PTSD or, or whatever you've got going on, there are a lot of people out there that have dealt with very similar and and even worse things than I have. And yes, I could cower down and be like, oh, my gosh, this is so hard. This is impacting me. And I could just throw my hands up. But, you know, we just, you know, in the South, we say we put on our big girl panties and we get over it. <laughs> and that's what I did. And, and instead of focusing on the problem, I shifted that. And even through a lot of that stress, I shifted it from focusing on a problem to a solution. And what am I trying to achieve? Right. At the end result, what's more important? Like if there's a disagreement or there's something that I'm struggling with achieving, am I trying to prove that I am right or am I trying to prove that I'm doing the right thing. And as long as you're doing the right thing, you're genuinely trying to thrive personally and help those around you thrive. You are going to get to the next level. There's no way you won't. And it's a process. And again, that's where you need to lean on your mentors, research, get out of your bubble. Do not <laughs> surround yourself with an echo chamber. You know, you need people that challenge you. Mm, it's not fun at the time, but it's necessary. <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's interesting. A lot of times people fall into the becoming victims to their situation. They get managed by that situation. Or <clears throat> they get so frustrated, they become villains. And they say, forget everybody, screw it. I'm going to do it my way. Get out of my way. And then, then you got those people who try to become heroes and do everything. And then they burn out, explode. They implode. They they lose it. And then they, they literally just disappear. And you've kind of become a guide for people. So... What advice would you give people not to get so that they don't get stuck in those other areas of being the victim or getting so frustrated they become a villain in, in, in their own you know realm? Don't try to do it all. Find those around you, those that, again, aren't an echo chamber, but those that, number one, will give you critical feedback when you need it, because that's the only way you're going to get better. Honestly. So cheerleader. Yes, a cheerleader. And, and even with from leadership, like if you ever get a, a review that you're like, oh, my gosh, you're doing amazing. You're doing great. Keep it up. Ask, what can I do to get better? You've got you've got to have. So, wait, wait. so it, it's not just a cheerleader. If I understand correctly, it's someone who's going to support you. But then you said it. I heard it. But with with enough respect or honor or whatever uh, to really challenge you and not just say all the good stuff. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, because if you are surrounded by people that only tell you the good stuff, you're probably not surrounded with the entire group that you should be. And um, with entrepreneurship, I think in general, it's it's a bit of a roller coaster. You know, you have those days where you're like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And then you get to that top of the hill and then you kind of go back down. And then you're like down here and you're like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Why? Why? Like, what was I thinking? And then you kind of get up that next hill, which is a little bit bigger. But you've got those people not just cheering you, but uplifting you sometimes through constructive criticism. That's stuff you don't want to hear to the next level. Yes. And then that is the key. And, and that is how not only you thrive, but you kind of have this groundswell around you. 
where everybody's uplifted. And I think leveraging the strengths of others, you know, don't try to be an expert at everything. Figure out what you do well, what's at the top. Like I'm a big advocate of my Clifton strengths. Like I know I'm a very strategic thinker. I'm a great communicator. I love to fact find, but there are other things that I can do and I can do really well, but they suck the life out of me. So I think that knowing your strengths, embracing them, and instead of trying to be good at everything, get even better at what you're naturally good at and then find those around you that can complement. Bring them go. in, you know, let them embrace theirs. And, you know, that just makes the difference, whether it's in a practice, in a DSO, in a, a company that supports the industry, find their strengths. That is that is the, the gold that I can tell you. And, and that's how everybody wins. I love that. Focus on or find what you do well, do it better. Find people who can help you with what you don't do well and don't try to do everything yourself. It seems so simple, but it's also probably one of the hardest things that we face. I love that. That is fantastic. If you were to take everything, we've kind of bounced around a whole bunch of different places, and you were to kind of bring it together and uh, maybe share the top three most important things that people, viewers of this of this session, need to leave with. How would you sum that up? What are those top three things to do or not do? Or um, what is that advice that are actionable right now? So number one, don't let you stop you. You're the don't only thing. Don't let you stop that. you. Yes. And and focus on not just thriving yourself, but helping those around you thrive. Huh. And you'll be fascinated at, at so how wait. that happens. Don't let you stop you. Number one. And then I think number two is. Focus on not just growing yourself, but helping those around you thrive. In whatever that looks like, right? You know, finding like on a personal level, what my friends give me a hard time because I say this, but what gives them a spark of joy? And if you so, can leverage that. Oh. It's not just your peers or people that, that work with or for you. You're talking about people that you also report to. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Find the spark of joy. I love that. And what would three be? Oh, three would be don't try to be perfect. Just mm. try to get a little bit better than you are, or the, a little bit better today than you were yesterday. First of all, set those goals realistically. Don't so wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're talking you're talking to dental hygienists here and you're telling okay. them don't try to be perfect. Hmm. <laughs> don't try to be perfect. Set your goals just a little bit higher. I love that. Now, before we shut that, thank you for that. I, I love the context around that. You know, don't let you stop you. And the premise behind also helping other people, not just you, is huge because then you build a kind of a tribe. You you build a, a community, a circle of people that feed each other. But then also, you know, don't try to be perfect. That's a difficult one because we all, we all, you know, you're, you're told you want to get 100 on that test. You want to be perfect. You want to look all this. You're in the pageant industry. You have to do it. And we're human, right? And I, I love the sentiment you have behind that. You 
have your own business and and uh, you know and spending the time understanding what you do you're you're the uh, you're the founder of uplevel practice solutions what what is that if you could just kind of sum up real quickly what what that's all about so uplevel practice solutions helps people thrive you know we figure out where you are right now and and then look at you know knowing where you want to be in 5 years how can we make that happen you know figuring out like okay to get point a to point b here's what we need to put in place Here's how we need to, you know, implement. Here's how we need to execute. Here's who we need, you know, to get all this done and really fostering that um, as a whole and keeping it authentic to you and to, to the business, I think, is really what what we do differently at up level. It's not one. How much it's all. How much of the advice that you've been giving over the past little bit here do you incorporate into that engagement? Every bit of it. I named my my company up level and uh, because I used to hear like, take it to the next level, take it. to, And I was like, well, what do I have to do? Like, how is that measured? What is the next level? And it was really hard, but I figured it out. So the reason our name is up level is because wherever you are, you're going to get to the next level. Right. We didn't name it like moon solutions. We're not trying to get to the moon. Now. We'll <laughs> get <there>. But <laughs> here's where you are. Let, let's go to the next because you can it. have an ethically profitable business while bringing more joy into your workday. You don't have to bombard your team and overbook and, you know, overextend yourself, you know, even as an industry comp like a supporter, it can be done authentically and a lot less stress if you do it that That's way. Oh, so cool. Now you also wrote a book. What is this book? Yes. I haven't read the book and I'm like twice as old as you. So What's that all about? So it was a collaborative effort. We, you know, in the book, it talks about the basics of Wait, what's the name of the book again? Um, Win Friends and Influence Profits. That's right. That's right. Win Friends and Influence Profits. So how how did that happen? So again, it was a collaborative effort. Um, I actually decided to do kind of like an online platform for business owners that are like, I don't want to deal with a consultant. I don't want to get roped into anything. So it's essentially like a DIY model so that they can figure out like any business really, like what sets me apart and and really all of those key aspects in running any small business or, you know, scaling a business, really those fundamentals. And I don't charge for that book. Anybody can have it. It's on my free download. I've got some hard copies if anybody wants one, because I genuinely believe that you help other people thrive you thrive and just do the right thing and and it all works out. There you go. I I actually read your book and I I love it. It's a starting point. It's a catalyst for people to say, okay, here's a starting point for doing that. I, 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 well, first of all, Sheena, I, I admire and I'm inspired by the things that you do. You know, a lot of people get mired in, get stuck in, in, in the the morass of life. I'm going to call it that. And, the fact that you 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 took that and you used it to drive the energy is is so cool and I, I could spend so much more time speaking with you and I'd love to do that. If people wanted to contact you, what would be the best way to reach you? So I would say the best way would be to email me at Sheena S H E E N A at Uplevel Practice Solutions. Um, and I also have some e-commerce resources um, and some great offers that I've secured for my clients and and also friends. So anyone can can utilize those at uplevel.care. And, you know, you can do it. Just baby steps. That's but I'm so cool. you know, I, I just 
I like to help people win. No, and I can you can feel that, and and I, I really I love the the context around the energy you bring. I want a special thanks to Dr. Marilyn Sander who got us introduced, and she is amazing, and you're amazing, and really appreciate you taking the time to spend the time with us here. And I, again, the the sentiment behind what you do, there's a there's a a wonderful energy that you bring, and uh, maybe it's just the southern accent. No, it's not just a southern accent. I'm sorry, that's not it. I don't think that's it. But thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for sharing that. At some point later here in the future, would you be willing to come back and then kind of update on how things are going and then maybe share some additional anecdotes or things that can help people? Would you be up for that? I mean, Ro, I guess I could probably pencil you back in. <laughs> yes. I guess so. I Congratulations, guess so. sir. <laughs> I would love to. I would love oh, to. No. I love the authenticity of your show. And of the community that y'all are building. And I mean that, like, it's just truly authentic. And, and that's what it's all about. We're all real people. And we just want to know, like, are other people having these same struggles? And that's what it's all about. So if I can let someone else learn from some of the things I learned from the school of hard knocks, then heck yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Hey folks, there you have it. Sheena Henson, what an incredible person. If you have a chance or if you have any questions, please reach out to her. Check out her website. Um, you know, she's got a business going out there. There's so much more that we could talk about. We don't have the time. If you, if you enjoyed this content, uh, well, first of all, reach out to her if you have questions. Check out her book. If you enjoy this content, please share it. Share it with your friends. Share it with people. Um, have a like on that. The other thing, too, is if you really, really liked it, let us know if there are anything, there are other things that we can kind of give you here. Sheena was talking about our Empowered Dentistry site, which is uh, a community we've built, and that's how we met. And we love uh, when we hear these kinds of inspiring stories from people. So go have a check on that. Hey, Sheena, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. And folks, we so look forward to hearing from you and so grateful that Sheena could join us. And we'll see you at our next dental show uh, episode. Appreciate Thank it, everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Take care.